88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm out as well. The headlines. A land supply task force may not be able to help Carrie Lam's policy address. The Urban Renewal Authority says it can't afford too many subsidised homes. And a teenager could be charged with murder over the alleged killing of his girlfriend in Taiwan. Despite the chief executive promising to include land supply in her October policy address, a government-appointed task force says it may not be able to provide her any feedback before then. Carrie Lam has been accused of trying to bypass a public consultation on where to find land for housing by discussing the topic before the report is finished. The chairman of the task force on land supply, Stanley Wong, says it may not be possible to have a clear summary, especially on those options which are controversial. We are saying that only if some of the options uh, had basically arrived at a certain clear direction uh, before we perhaps didn't communicate that uh, message uh, to the uh, chief executive. Uh, while some others option, which perhaps will be a little bit controversial, I don't think we can conclude anything or we can indicate anything uh, at the beginning of September. Mr Wong also says he thinks people expect their views will be properly reflected in the consultation report, no matter what comments are made by government officials. Some of the uh, local residents who came to our roofing exhibition, uh, they have a certain idea in terms of which are the options they support, which are the options they do not support. So I don't think the community as a whole will be affected by having the chief executive voicing our her preference on certain options, and likewise some other government officials as well. I think the community knows that if they choose to complete, to fill out the questionnaire, we had said it up front that their views will be appropriately reflected uh, in our recommendation report. A government decision to turn an urban renewal authority project into a pilot starter home scheme could reduce the authority's revenue by a billion dollars. The authority's managing director, Wai Chi Sheng, says he can't afford too many subsidised housing projects in future because his job is to redevelop old buildings rather than ease the housing shortage and it needs resources to buy back old flats. Public housing rent rent levels are set to go up by 10% from September, the first increase since 2016. More than 700,000 households will be affected. The housing department proposed the hike following an income study of existing tenants. The prosecution says it's considering charging a teenager with murder over the alleged killing of his girlfriend in Taiwan in February. The girl's decomposed body was found near a train station in Taipei, Timmy Sung reports. So far, 19-year-old Chan Tongkai has only been charged with theft and handling stolen goods, as there's no extradition deal between Hong Kong and Taiwan. He faces three charges relating to having stolen goods belonging to the dead woman. In a brief hearing at Kuantong Magistracy, prosecutors added a fourth charge and other counts of theft. The case has been adjourned to the 22nd of next month for police to carry out further investigations and let prosecutors decide what to do next. The defendant didn't apply for bail, but his lawyer said he was ready to take pleas on existing charges. Mr. Chen is alleged to have stolen nearly $20,000 from his 20-year-old girlfriend and was in possession of her phone and camera after their trip to Taiwan. The government has for the first time made clear its stance on national education, saying it won't make it a separate subject for at least four years. The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, also says having Chinese history as a subject on its own isn't a replacement for national education. He says students must have a certain degree of knowledge about the country, which is why more emphasis is being put on Chinese history. Widespread protests six years ago forced the government to withdraw plans for a new curriculum on the issue. 
The lawyer of a lesbian expatriate who won the right for a spousal visa says he hopes the government will amend other policies that deny rights to same-sex couples. Yesterday's judgment from the Court of Final Appeal landed a three-year legal battle for the woman after she was denied a dependent visa on the grounds that Hong Kong didn't recognize same-sex marriages. Her solicitor Michael Wittler says he expects litigation on other government policies. One would like to think the Hong Kong government is going to be rational and sensible and efficient and look at its own policies and amend them to bring them in line with our highest court's judgment in relation to this particular immigration policy. I fear, however, that we're not going to see that, and therefore it is going to be a matter as we're now going to have a series of cases litigating this very same issue, but in relation to policies concerning housing or, or adoption or succession. Mr. Vedler also says he has a number of clients waiting to upgrade their immigration status. Ostensibly, anybody applying now will be able to quite properly rely on this case. In fact, anybody applying since the Court of Appeal decision, because the government didn't seek a suspension of that judgment pending the appeal, anybody applying since the Court of Appeal would and is entitled to a dependent visa as long as they meet all the criteria. And I've had a number of clients who the government or the immigration department quite improperly didn't apply the law as set down by the Court of Appeal and offered out-of-policy visas rather than dependent visas. A survey of primary students has found 40% of them don't know what kind of paper and plastics can be recycled. Wufu Social Enterprises interviewed around 2,000 students. Spokesman Michael Ma says some children wrongly thought supermarket receipts could be recycled, while others don't, didn't know plastic bottles should have their lids removed before being put separately into the bins. He says the government needs to enhance awareness of its recycling campaign. Since the program does not include how to uh, handle the general item, we uh, identify the observation that the student does, just don't know what to do with the general item. So I guess uh, in terms of whether we believe the program is up to satisfaction, I would say uh, that there are much room for improvement. The New Zealand Court of Appeal has ruled that the internet entrepreneur Kim.com can be extradited to the United States. The founder of the file-sharing website Mega Upload faces criminal charges of breaching copyright laws and racketeering. His lawyer has said his client would appeal against the decision at the Supreme Court. Anti-terrorism police in Britain are trying to find out how a couple came to be poisoned by the same nerve agent that was used in the attempted murder of a former Russian spy in March. The couple are critically ill in hospital in the city of Salisbury, where Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia were treated. Experts have confirmed that a Novichok nerve agent was used in the latest incident. Hamish de Brandon Gordon is an expert in chemical weapons. Novichoks are very persistent. They last for a long, long time. Nerve agents usually dissipate in in minutes and hours. This stuff lasts for months, you know, possibly several months. It was designed to overmatch uh, NATO chemical defensive capabilities. So it's very difficult to detect. However, the chief medical officer for England, Professor Zelly Davis, said the risk to the public was low. Following events in March, we have a well-established response to this type of incident and clear processes to follow. Our priorities at this time are to care for the patients and to understand the circumstances surrounding how these two individuals became unwell, thus ensuring there is no further risk to the public's health from this incident. 
Police in New York have removed a woman who climbed onto the base of the Statue of Liberty in, pro- in a protest against President Trump's immigration policy. The area around the statue was evacuated as officers spent three hours trying to persuade her to leave. In the end, police used climbing ropes to reach her. Earlier, at least six people were arrested after unfurling a banner f- from the viewing gallery reading Abolish Ice a reference to the U.S. immigration authorities. Detective Brian Glacken from New York Police Department's Emergency Service Unit said the operation wasn't straightforward. It was a really tactical rescue just because of the slopes up there. I mean, it wasn't a flat surface. Uh, there was nothing for Chris and I to grab onto, so that high point and trusting in the equipment that we have and trusting in the guys behind me that did this is really what made it work. A Thai official says rescue teams are trying to install an internet cable to a flooded cave complex so parents can talk to their trapped children. Twelve teenage boys and their coach have been trapped inside for almost two weeks. Divers are staying with them until they can be brought out. Officials earlier said boys may not be extracted at the same time depending on their health. Police investigating the deaths of 17 babies at a hospital in northwest England say they've widened the inquiry to include a second hospital. A nurse, Lucy Letby, was arrested in the town of Chester on Tuesday. The BBC's Judith Morris reports. In an interview with her local newspaper in 2013, Lucy Letby said she enjoyed nursing babies as she could see them progress and support their families. The photograph accompanying the article showed the children's nurse in uniform posing with a baby grow. Now the 28-year-old is under arrest on suspicion of murdering eight infants and trying to kill another six. The babies were all on the neonatal unit at the Countess of Chester Hospital between March 2015 and July 2016. Iranian state television says a man has been arrested for hoarding two tons of gold coins. It says he was trying to profit as Iran's currency has lost up to 40% of its value since the U.S. pulled out of the nuclear deal. The BBC's Ben Lowings reports. The unidentified 58-year-old is said to have collected roughly a quarter of a million individual gold pieces from the marketplace. Police described the man as the Sultan of Coins and said he'd used accomplices to amass the money over a period of 10 months. Iran's worsening economic prospects are making many citizens rush to liquidate their assets and go abroad. The Islamic Republic is trying to stop Iranians from smuggling gold and currency out of the country. Airport officials claim to have caught one offender with gold melted into a belt buckle. Financial news, Asian stocks have dropped as investors fret over US-China tariffs, which are due to kick in within hours and threaten to trigger a trade war between the, between the world's two top two economies. The US is due to enforce tariffs on more than 34 billion US dollars in Chinese imports from tomorrow, and Beijing has vowed to respond with its own tariffs immediately. Washington has described the tariffs as retribution for Beijing's theft of American technology and other unfair trade practices. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,967, that's, that's 274 points down from the previous close. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.35 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar 16 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 37 cents. Donald Trump has, amend- has demanded the oil exporters group OPEC take action to cut prices. 
President Trump tweeted the cost of oil was too high, and OPEC was, if anything, driving prices up. He said the United States defended many of the group's members for little financial return. And now to sports. Here's Adam Chang. We start with football at the World Cup, where Uruguay will almost certainly be without their striker Edison Cavani for tomorrow night's quarterfinal match against France. Cavani is struggling to recover from an injury to his left calf. He was in obvious pain during Uruguay's 2-1 win over Portugal in the last 16. He scored both goals for his country in that game, and he leads Uruguay with three goals in the tournament. Elsewhere, Real Madrid are considering an offer of around 116 million U.S. dollars from Juventus for their star Cristiano Ronaldo. No deal has been made yet, but the Italian champions are keen to sign the 33-year-old, who's Real's all-time top scorer with 451 goals. Juve's previous transfer record fee was 105 million US, which they paid for Gonzalo Higuain in 2016. The BBC's Simon Stone has more details. Any actual move. Would be seismic, and whilst it would be better to wait and see whether it actually happens, Juventus clearly have been given enough encouragement to feel an offer to break their own transfer record is worthwhile. Hong Kong Premier League champions Kitchi have confirmed the signing of the former Liverpool star Momo Sissoko. The 33-year-old Mali international is expected to bolster Kitchi's midfield as they try to qualify for the Asian Champions League for a second straight season. Sissoko joined Liverpool in 2005. He spent three years at Anfield before moving on to play for Juventus and Paris Saint-Germain. On to tennis, Roger Federer and the Williams sisters have booked their places in the third round of Wimbledon, but there was another high-profile exit. More from the BBC's Chris Dennis. Roger Federer was clinical in dispatching the Slovakian Lukas Lachko in an hour and a half, while Serena Williams put in an improved performance to get past the Bulgarian qualifier Victoria Tomova. Sister Venus at 38 is still moving round the court like a teenager. She came from a set down to beat the Romanian qualifier Alexandra Dulgaru. In the big shock of the day, number two seed Caroline Wozniacki saved five match points before succumbing to the Russian left-hander Ekaterina Makarova. Wozniacki is the fifth top ten player to depart inside three days, and it was a happy Independence Day for the Americans over on court 12. Madison Keys and Sam Quarry both booked their places in round three before the rain arrived. And we finish with cricket. West Indies dismissed Bangladesh for the lowest test score ever recorded. The tourists were bowled out for 43 on the opening day of their first test in Antigua. It's also the second shortest innings in test history. Kamar Roach led the demolition by taking five wickets. West Indies lead by 158 runs with eight wickets remaining in their innings. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again: a land supply task force may not be able to help Carrie Lam's policy address. The Urban Renewal Authority says it can't afford too many subsidised homes, and that's news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RTHK Go, and I think that you might have been in my heart all along. 
You don't have to be 